Well, hello again. Welcome back to the Bible Teaching Channel of A Love Outreach. I am Dave Nelson. We are going to go ahead today and take a look at another proverb. Um, today is the 29th day of the month, so I will be reading through and talking about Proverbs chapter 29. So, if you're in a position where you can do so, grab your Bible, open it up to the book of Proverbs chapter 29. Once again, as I have done on several of these um, Proverbs that I've gone through with you here, I encourage you to make the reading of the Proverbs habitual in your life. Make it something that you do regularly. Um, it's got 31 chapters. You can pretty much read a chapter um, every day of the month and double up where you need to, right, on certain months. But anyway, uh, today, Proverbs chapter 29, let's go ahead and jump right on into it. Verse 1 says, He who is often rebuke, rebuked and hardens his neck will suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. Now, when you think of somebody that's hardened their neck or they are what we might refer to as stiff-necked, right? They just are refusing to do what's right. They are refusing to be re corrected when they are rebuked for something. They don't want to hear it. And they're going to just become very stubborn and go about their own way when actually rebuke is a good thing, especially when we get it from the word of God, especially when we get it from parents that are godly, that have a good desire for you to train you up in the way that you should go. Um, if you are a young man or a young woman, um, if you are older and you're on your own and you don't Really, you're not really led by your parents anymore. Um, we do have the word of God, which still corrects us and rebukes us and instructs us in righteousness. And it's all a part of God's desire that we would stay on a good path, the path of righteousness for his namesake, that we would have a good life, that we would um, do what is good. And he says here that you will be suddenly destroyed if you if you uh, harden your neck. That is, you become stubborn in your ways and say, it feels good to me to do it this way. I like doing it this way. I'm going to do it this way. I don't care that it's wrong. And you uh, sudden destruction will come upon you. And it says, without remedy. Because God doesn't want us being that way. He wants us to be humble people. He wants us to be gentle, okay, and kind, right? The fruit of the Spirit at work within our lives. Now, it says, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice. But when a wicked man rules, the people groan. Now, let's think about that for a second. Because what, what people would, would groan when there is a wicked man that rules. Well, the people that would groan would be the people of God, those that are godly, those that desire to see good in the land, um, you know, good from the standpoint of righteousness, holiness, things like that, right? And it says when the righteous are in authority, 
the people rejoice. What people would be rejoicing? Well, the people that want, again, they want the righteousness. So when righteous are in authority, people rejoice. Now, we can sit here and debate and we can talk about when's the last time we ever had righteous people in authority. Well, thanks be to God, I think there's enough of them <laughs> in a certain sense to to keep things going at least, you know, for a certain period of, period of time. It does seem as if things are waxing worse and worse. People don't care about righteousness. They don't care about holiness. They don't care about godliness. They don't care what the word of God has to say. So they just want to go in a way that feels good, the way that seems good to them. And uh, that is definitely taking you know, our societies down right now. And we are seem to be spiraling out of control in many ways. Um, when lawlessness rule, when wicked people rule, people that don't, and when I say wicked people, it's the opposite of righteous people. Righteous people would be people that care about righteousness in accordance with God's word, okay? In accordance with God's will. Okay, so then verse three goes on and says, whoever loves wisdom makes his father rejoice, but a companion of harlots wastes his wealth. So remember, again, this is Solomon writing to his son. He's trying to instruct him in so many different things. And it's a wonderful thing that all, all of this was written down so that we today can read it and gain wisdom and learn from it, right? And he's saying, don't be a companion of harlots, you know, waste your money on that kind of thing, riotous living and, you know, sexual indulgences and all of that kind of stuff. Don't do that kind of stuff. You know, when you, when you walk in the way that is wise, you make your father rejoice if you've got a good father. You know, if you've got a godly father, someone that wants what's best for you, and if you happen to, you know, not have a godly father, well, you have a godly father, the father God. If you don't happen to have an earthly father who's trained you up well and who's teaching you in the ways of what is right and what is good, well, you do have a heavenly father. You have no excuse. You have no excuse, okay? Verse four says, the king establishes the land by justice, but he who receives bribes overthrows it. So here again, we see justice, right? That would be righteousness, Okay, but the person that's receiving the bribes would be unrighteousness. Okay, in, in our government today, we have lobbyists, you know, that go in and in a sense, they're bribing the government to get what they want, you know, and, you know, and politicians are taking these bribes, taking this money on the side and doing all of this kind of stuff and not really caring about justice. You know, so a good king, a good leader, a good ruler is going to care about justice. Verse five says, a man who flatters his neighbor spreads a net for his feet. Now, when it says spreads a net for his feet, it's talking about the neighbor's feet. If you're flattering your neighbor, okay? Now look, um, truth, um, rebuke, correction, instruction in righteousness, again, all the things that we find in the Bible. Sometimes, you know, and especially, unfortunately, it seems in 
our day and age now, we're living in a time where, you know, people don't want to hear it. And what I mean by that is they want to hear that everything's coming up roses. They want everything to be flowery. Um, you know, they, they don't want you to offend them in the way that you speak. Now, look, should we offend people in the way that we speak? Absolutely not. We should not. But the word of God does rebuke. The word of God does correct. So if your neighbor is behaving in such a manner or making choices in his or her life and you come along and you share truth with them, well, then you're doing something good for them, okay? Um, as long as you yourself have got to a place where you've cast the beam out of your own eye, okay? In other words, you have determined in your life you're going to walk in accordance with the commandments of the Lord. You're going to be holy yourself. You're going to do that kind of thing. But if you just flatter your neighbor and you tell them things they want to hear or, you know, you, you, you can speak kindly to them but be telling them a lie or, or, or misdirecting them or misguiding them, it doesn't do them any good. It just sets up a net for their feet that they get trapped in and they fall on their face, you know? So as, as you'll see here, as we go through um, Proverbs chapter 29, you know, Solomon's gonna talk a lot about this, this topic, you know, what truth is, discipline, righteousness, instruction, all of that kind of stuff, right? By transgression, verse six says, an evil man is snared by the righteous, or excuse me, but the righteous sings and rejoices. Just comparing the two here. You've got the evil man and you've got the righteous man. The righteous man is singing and rejoicing. Why? Because they've got peace in their heart. They've got the fruit of the spirit in their lives. Their lives are, are you know, in order with God's word, okay? But transgression is the way of the evil man and they are snared as a result of that. Think of how many people transgress just the law, I mean like the law of our land and such and they're ensnared. How are they ensnared? They're in jail. They're in prison because they transgress the law. They trans, they're, they're evil people. They want to do, they bent, they're bent for wrong. And look, there is a remedy for that, especially if you start with the child at a young age, and we'll get into that here, I believe, in just a few minutes. But verse seven says, the righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked does not understand such knowledge, right? So if you have a wicked person, right? And, and it seems like such a harsh word in our day and age, I know, but there's only good and there's only evil. You know, you are either on the side of righteousness and holiness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and all these good things, right? Or you are on the side of wickedness and evil and bent for doing wrong, right? And it's saying here that the wicked man doesn't understand things like helping, considering the cause of the poor, right? Taking care of the poor and helping them, which is what, what we see throughout the word, both Old Testament and New Testament. We see that that is something that God wants us to do. He wants us to care about. Now, verse eight says, scoffers set, scoffers set a city aflame, 
but wise men turn away wrath. Think about all the scoffers over the most recent years, right? Those that are out there burning down cities, tearing up things, you know, tearing up businesses and looting and doing all of that kind of stuff. stuff. These people are scoffers, okay? Foolish people. And they need to be corrected. They need to be rebuked. But a wise man doesn't do that. He turns away wrath. You know, in other words, he sees trouble and wrath. He turns away from it. He either, like uh, Proverbs 15, I believe, 15.1 is it, that says a soft answer turns away wrath. A wise person knows how to deal with these situations. He knows when to walk away. And he knows when to just shut up you know, and not say anything. And he also knows the proper words to say if he and I or she is led by the Spirit in what they do, right? If a wise man contends with a foolish man, whether the fool rages or laughs, there is no peace. So <laughs> when a fool's a fool, just leave a fool alone, basically is what what. The Solomon is saying here in this proverb, right? You know, they could be laughing with you. They could be angry. Whichever the case is, the bottom line is they're, they're still a fool. Don't contend with them. Turn away. Turn away. Walk away. Go the other direction. You know, avoid them in the first place, right? So verse 10, the bloodthirsty hate the blameless, but the upright, but the upright seek his well-being. Let me read that again. The bloodthirsty hate the blameless. Okay, so those that are walking in righteousness and holiness and care about what is good, the bloodthirsty hate them. Uh, we could get, I could get into a lot of topics as it relates to that right now, you know, but people that are bloodthirsty just want to destroy life and kill life and they come out with hatred against those that want to preserve life and want to have what's good okay and the upright it says but the upright seeks his well being right if you're upright if you're righteous you're going to care about things that are good you're going to care about things that are holy and just and of good report virtuous things right Verse 11 says, a fool vents all his feelings. Think about that. A fool vents all of his feelings. But a wise man holds them back, it says. So people say, there's a saying that says, oh, I just had to get that off my chest. I just had to vent for a moment. And the words that came out of their mouth, you know, destroyed others or was gossip about others, or was hatred about others, right? That's a fool speaking, venting all their feelings. Now look, it says, but a wise man holds them back. You see, even wise men, right, can have feelings that aren't right, but we don't have to spew it out of our mouths, right? We don't have to, you know, speak. We know when to, you know, use what the Holy Spirit calls temperance, or, you know, the fruit of the Spirit, excuse me, the Holy Spirit gives to us temperance, self-control. If a ruler, verse 12 says, pays attention to lies, all his servants become wicked. <laughs> Man, think about that in our day and age. Boy, 
if a roller pays attention to lies. How many lies are being spread as if it's truth? All you have to do is watch the news, the, the media. All you have to do is watch them. They're just spreading lies, trying to stir up hatred, trying to get rid of somebody they don't want in political power or doing this or that, spreading lies. And then those that serve those leaders that, you know, that come in that are wicked and do wrong things, they become wicked too. They're just following in the way of wickedness, right? The poor man and the oppressed have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. So the poor man and the oppressor have this in common. The Lord gives light to the eyes of both. You see, the Lord is the Lord. He is unchanging. He is good. He is everlasting. He is who he is. He causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. He gives sunlight. He, you know, we, the, the earth produces food. We all can eat from it. Whether we're, whether we're good as, or evil, God still prov provides, right? So the Lord is the one that gives light to the eyes. The king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. So the king who judges the poor with truth, his throne will be established forever. You know, here again, we see the word truth there, right? Sometimes there are people that are in the position of being poor um, and they need to hear the truth. They need to hear the truth. Maybe they need to hear that, the ways that they've been living, the decisions that they've made have caused them to be poor. Now, that's not the case all the time, right? But maybe in some cases it is. Maybe the choices that people have made has caused them to be poor, right? Now, here we get into verse 15. Let's read this. The rod and rebuke give wisdom. Okay, so what's the rod and rebuke for, right? So you take the rod on the child's bottom and you discipline them because it says a child left to himself brings shame to his mother. Okay, a child can bring shame to his mother. How many mothers do you see that are crying and brokenhearted and in despair when their little baby grows up to be a scoffer, to do evil, to break the law, to go to jail. That child can't be left to themselves as a child. They need to be disciplined and taught and instructed in the ways of righteousness. And they need to be rebuked, corrected, so that they can take a straight path, the straight and the narrow path that the Lord requires of us, right? Verse 16, when the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases, but the righteous will see their fall. Let me read that again. When the wicked are multiplied, transgression increases. Think about the crime rate today. The wicked are multiplied. Transgression increases says, but the righteous will see their fall. In other words, he's encouraging the righteous here to stay righteous because in the end, these people fall. 
they're setting that snare for their own foot, you know, their own feet, and they're tripping in it and they're getting caught in it and they're going to be destroyed. And if they, they will see their destruction one way or another. That's why verse 17, getting back to talking about children, talking about your child and such, the, the children of our world, correct your son and he will give you rest. Yes, he will give delight to your soul. How do, how do you have a son that gives delight to your soul? Correct him, rebuke him, use the rod on his bod, right? Correct him, discipline him in love, not in anger, never using your hands, never being angry and, and calling him stupid and calling him names. Discipline that child in a loving way that sets them on a right path, okay? Where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint, but happy is he who keeps the law, okay? So here we go, keeping the law, doing what's right, walking in holiness, right? But when people cast off restraint, they, don't, they just don't care. They're not seeing the truth. Okay, and, and they don't care. And, and it's, it, we can back up here and say it's because they weren't corrected as children. They weren't instructed. They weren't rebuked. Verse 19 A servant will not be corrected by mere words, for though he understands, he will not respond. Okay, so this is again speaking of the type of servant that's not a wise servant. Okay, the type of person that just says, you know, I'm again, I'm doing what, what I want, I'm hardening my neck, I'm stiffening my neck, and uh, it takes more than mere words to correct a person like that. It takes rebuke, it takes correction. Do you see a man hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Be slow to speak. Be slow to speak. Be slow to anger. Okay? Don't be hasty with your words. Don't just spit out your feelings, vent your feelings, and say, I had to get that off my chest. Hold them back. Be wise. He who pampers his servant from childhood will have him as a son in the end. Now remember what time frame we're dealing with here. This is a king writing this to his son and the king had servants. Okay, so the king had his servants, but he's saying you take care of your servants. You pamper them. You give them what's good. You know, and in the end you have them as a son. It's like a family member in the end. Okay, and it's the same thing with training up our children. When we train them up in the way that they should go, when they're old, they will not depart from it. We want them walking in. We want them, you know, in our lives and in our families. We don't want them in jail. We don't want them, you know, having no relationship with us because of their life choices. An angry man stirs up strife and a furious man abounds in transgression. Self-explanatory. Don't be that way. Don't be that angry man that stirs up strife and, and gets infuriated and, and, and does what's wrong, okay? A man's pride will bring him low. Tie these two verses together. But the humble in spirit will retain honor. So don't be that angry, furious man. 
and don't be proud. Don't be saying, this is my way. It's the way I want it. It's the way it should be, and I'm standing on it, and I don't care what you say or anyone else says, and if you go against my way, I'm going to start throwing things. I'm going to start punching people and all of that kind of stuff. That's that angry, furious man. But that's your pride, and it's going to bring you low. But it says, but the humble in spirit will retain honor. That's how you get honor, being wise, right? Whoever is a partner with a thief hates his own life. He swears to tell the truth, but reveals nothing. Okay? If you're going to hang around a thief, remember, bad company corrupts good morals. We've got to train our children up in that as well. Don't let them be out there in the street running around with fools, acting like fools. Have them at home training them. You know, they don't need to be out on the street at night doing all this foolishness. The fear of a man brings a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord shall be safe. There's no reason for us, um, you know, uh, Proverbs, what is it, 118.8, you have to look that up because I'm not looking it up at the moment, but it says that, um, that um, let me read this verse again because I lost the verse that just came to my mind. The fear of man brings a snare. Oh, it's better, to, Proverbs 118.8, I'm thinking that's the verse. It's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. We don't need to reverence man. We don't need to trust in man. We need to trust in the Lord. That's where our safety is. We don't need to rely on, you know, put our trust in the government, the president that we're voting for, or this, that, or the other thing. We need to trust in the Lord. Put the Lord as the Lord in your life. That is, as your master, as your king, the one above all else. Put the Lord in that position in your life, okay? Many seek the ruler's favor, but justice for man comes from the Lord. Here again, pointing us back to the Lord. I don't, well, look, I don't want to say, I almost said I don't care what the government says. I do care what the government says as long as they're saying what's good. And I do vote, and I'm gonna vote for those that that are not bloodthirsty, uh, that are not, you know, all about, you know, crime and letting criminals get out of jail and, and putting them back on the street to commit more crime and all of that kind of stuff, you know. So, you know, we do, I do care about the government and, you know, and as much as I can care, as much as I can influence, but I'd rather have justice. I'd rather have trust and faith in the Lord. And I'd rather not seek the favor of rulers and politicians and such, right? An unjust man is an abomination to the righteous. And he who is upright in the way is an abomination to the wicked. So look, it goes both, both ways. You know, when you're upright, when you're walking in what is good, the, the, the wicked hate you. They hate you for it. You know, they don't like this whole God thing, this whole word of God thing, this holy Bible thing. They don't like it. They don't care what it has to say. Yes, some of them might want to say, well, yeah, I believe in the Lord, you know, and, you know, I've got my fire insurance, you know, in the end, but they don't want to walk in the way that is upright. They don't want to live. They don't want to stand for justice. They don't want to stand for holiness. They don't want to stand for what is good, okay? 
and, and an unjust man is an abomination to the righteous. So in that sense, it, it goes both ways, right? But what's the right side? Is it right to be unjust or is it right to be just? Is it right to be unrighteous or is it right to be righteous? Is it right to be unholy or is it right to be holy? So these are choices that we have to make in our lives as we go through this temporary time that we have here on the earth, okay? Life is passing by quickly for all of us. I don't care if you're 14 years old, 18 years old, 38 years old, however you are, however old you are while you're listening to this, life goes by like that. It's but a vapor. It tells us in the New Testament book of James, it appears for a short time and it's gone. And we've got to choose the way that we're going to walk. Are we going to abide in the Lord? Are we going to walk in righteousness and holiness? Are we going to seek the Lord? Or are we going to care more about the things of this world and the politics of this world and all of that, right? Are you trusting in the Lord or are you trusting in man? So these are the kind of things that we find when we read the word of God, which is why I do what I do like this, okay? You know, and, and point you to the word of God. That's why I encourage you when, when I started teaching like this and I say, hey, open your Bibles if you're in a position where you can do so. Read this along with me. Get into the scriptures yourself. Never put a man in a place, a, you know, a pastor or whatever in a place like myself who, who, who you just listen to and you say, I'm a follower of this man's. I do what this man says, Right? Read the word of God for yourself and seek it out. And then when you find out it's true and you see, oh, okay, yeah, he is preaching what is good and all that. Well, then you can do things that help me to spread the gospel further to more people. You can like and subscribe and share and all of that social media kind of, you know, vernacular and all of that. You can do all that with this. You know, you'll, you'll find me on Facebook. You'll find me on YouTube, the ministry of A Love Outreach, that is. We're on podcasts, you know, different podcast platforms, um, you know. But know the word of God for yourself. Come to the Lord and have a relationship with the Lord where he is your Lord. He is your master. You bow down to him. You worship him. You keep his commands. You abide in him. You care about righteousness and holiness and justice and all of that kind of stuff, right? Where are you today? I'll end it with this. Where are you today in your heart? Have you been born again of the spirit? Do you care about the things of the Lord? Do you even know the things that the Lord cares about? Read the Bible, open your Bible and read it. And if you need any help with that, or if you have any questions in regards to that, how we can, you know, I, I would love to help you reach out to me. You can email me directly, Dave at aloveoutreach.com. You can go to our website, aloveoutreach.com and uh, fill out the contact form there. Um, Anyway, many ways to reach out to us. We're, I love outreaches on Instagram, uh, though we don't do too much on there and as far as posting and all of that kind of stuff. But anyway, we'd love to hear from you if we can help you. 
Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening, whichever the case may be. Let us know that you are listening. Let us know where you are listening from. Uh, I do have the ability, especially with a podcast, to track and see where people are listening from and things like that. But we'd love to hear from you. So God bless. I hope all is well. And uh, stay safe. Seek the Lord. We will see you next time. Bye-bye.